Welcome to the Your Dream or Mind podcast, the place to be if you dream of living a life of fulfillment, freedom, flow, and most importantly, fun. I'm Laura Cruz, the Dream Transition Mentor, the creator of the unique six-step Dream Transition Method, which will take you from idle daydream to transitioning into your wildly successful freedom-based business. Listen to inspirational stories from women who have been brave enough to take the leap from corporate and now live the life they've always dreamed of. Women like you and me. They did it, I did it, and you can too. Grab a cuppa, find a cosy spot, then sit back and enjoy the episode. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Your Dream or Mind podcast. This is episode 92. I told my husband this morning what I was going to call the podcast and he said I'd get into trouble, but I, I think I'll be okay. So this this episode is entitled My Night with Robbie Williams with a little asterisk because, of course, I didn't actually spend the night with Robbie Williams. Um, I don't think the husband would have liked that. Um, but I did go and see him in concert the other night and... Uh, I loved it. Let me just say that. I am a huge Robbie Williams fan, have been since he was in Take That. Loved him as a solo artist. Just think he's great. And uh, I just want to talk to you a bit about his concert, about him, ab- about how he shows up and kind of what I've been thinking about since I was at the concert. So I'll start by saying I didn't even know he was touring. He's doing the 25-year anniversary tour. Didn't even know it came up on Facebook because somebody, a friend of a friend was going and uh, I presumed it meant October 2023, but it wasn't. It was this October. So I booked a ticket on my own um, because I couldn't find anybody that wanted to go with me. And then luckily a friend decided to come too, which is a good thing really, because I promptly broke my toe and I wouldn't have been able to drive. Anyway, so off we went to Birmingham on Sunday to see Robbie and... um I'll be honest, I've, I've been to quite a few concerts recently and I haven't really thought much about them before I've gone. I think in previous years I would get really, really excited about stuff in advance, but I didn't. I just, we just went and, you know, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe because I'm getting older, I get less excited about stuff. But anyway, we went and, um, you know, we got in the venue and, you know, we were sitting waiting and they had this like kind of DJ duo, um, Lufthouse, I think it was like DJing before and they were quite good. And uh, and then, you know, it started to get to that point where, you know, Robbie was going to come out on stage and I could feel myself getting really excited. I could feel myself feeling like I did all those years ago. So take that. I don't know what year they came out, but um, when I was at university, I was madly into them when I was at school with my friends, Vicky and Saf, and uh, we were all mad about them. Um, we all liked a different one. Saffron liked Mark, Vicky liked Robbie. And uh, I didn't have a clear favourite, to be honest, but I, uh, it was it was either going to be Robbie. Anyway, so just loved them. And uh, I didn't actually go to a concert when I was a kid, when I was a teenager. It just wasn't really a thing. Didn't really, uh, I don't know, just didn't really do it as much. Maybe the concerts were in London and I grew up in Gloucestershire. Maybe just like a money thing. I don't know, just didn't really do it. So I hadn't been to a concert actually till I went to university. And my first concert was Paul Weller at the Albert Hall um, with my friend Mike from uni. So that's actually a pretty good first concert, right? Paul Weller was amazing. Anyway, 
Um, my friend, um, I have best friend and housemate from uni, Zoe, and I decided we'd go and see Take That in Manchester in, uh, I think, in our final year of uni. And uh, we're so excited. Going to see them at the MEN, um, as it was called then. So excited about going to see them. I was really excited about seeing Robbie. About two weeks before we went, Robbie quit. Take that. So didn't get to see Robbie. Very disappointing. So that was that. Brilliant concert, from what I remember. Brilliant concert. We loved it, but didn't get to see Robbie. Um, Anyway, you know, time ticked on. And uh, Robbie played at Nebworth in 2003. And I managed to get tickets. And I went with my um, then-husband and my brother and his then-girlfriend. And uh, I was pregnant. It was a boiling hot day. He was absolutely brilliant. But because I was pregnant and hot, I stayed really far back from the stage at Nebworth. So in the shade, um, first time pregnant. So just completely anxious and neurotic about everything to do with my pregnancy. So just kind of really didn't get as involved in it as perhaps I might have done if I'd not been pregnant. And of course, when you're that far from the stage, I mean, I guess they must have had video. They must have had video screens, but you're that far from the stage. Robbie was like a dot in the distance. Right. So. But he was amazing. You know, he comes out on stage to let me entertain you. And uh, he's just got a real, um, he's just got such stage presence. I mean, my husband is no fan, but uh, so I was talking to him about it and he was like, oh, I don't, I don't get it. But for me, I think it's amazing. Anyway, so when I saw that he was playing in Birmingham, which is only an hour from me um, in October, I thought I've definitely got to go. Even if I go on my own, I've got to go because I just don't want to miss seeing him because I didn't know if he'd tour again. Anyway, so, um, you know, they start the, they start the music when he's going to come out, you know, all the musicians come out on stage and he, and he comes out and, uh, you can see him in the, in the, like the shadows or the back of the stage. And I just felt like a teenager again. I just thought he was absolutely, He's just phenomenal. He's just got something about him, which is so different, which is so Robbie, I guess. And um, anyway, he comes out and he came out to this song that I don't know, actually. I don't know if it's a new one. I didn't, I don't know it. Um, And uh, it was really good. And he's got, had amazing six beautiful girls dancing. Like it was brilliant. Anyway, he, um, after that, he then started singing, Let Me Entertain You. And then what was really brilliant I thought about the concert was he said I'm going to take you on a tour of my life and he went back to right at the beginning when he got into take that when he was kind of 16 17 and they played one of their first videos which was honestly you look at it now like they he said he was 16 or 17 and he was naked in this video with like whipped cream and jelly being put on him um like unbelievable you just wouldn't you know wouldn't be uh, tolerated now anyway and what I really liked is as he was telling the story of, of his his life and what's happened, what has happened to him since he became an adult, since he joined Take That, was that he was talking about the ups and downs and then he was singing different songs that went along with that. And he was just really open. And I think he he said, there's only two types of songs that I sing. One, I'm absolutely bloody brilliant. He swears a lot. I'm not going to swear on here. I'm absolutely amazing. I'm so good. Look at me. Aren't I, aren't I brilliant? And he said, and the other type of song I sing is, oh God, poor me. Feel sorry for me. I'm really vulnerable and I'm upset and I want to hide away and I'm not feeling well in myself. And I thought it's so, he's so on the money because that's exactly the songs that he writes. And, um, 
He talked about when he went to Glastonbury, which is obviously when he was on the cusp of getting thrown out of Take That, and he got heavily into drugs. He talked about being in rehab. He talked about a holiday he went on with Jerry Halliwell um, and his song he wrote um, for her, uh, for Eternity. I didn't realise he'd written that for her. And he was just... I just honestly couldn't stop thinking about him after it. And he was saying he's been sober for 22 years and given the life that he lived and, you know, to excess in everything, um, whether it was smoking, drinking, drugs, sex, food, he really did did live a life of real excess. If you believe everything you read in the media, of course, you don't even know if that's true. But he was talking about how he's in this great place in his life, 22 years sober, looks really good. Obviously, he's older. I'm not sure how old he is, like maybe my age, 47, 48, something like that. He's older, he's grey, but he looks fantastic. He's got the twinkle in his eye, he's got the swagger, he's funny. But I thought, after all that he's been through over his career and all the kind of, he's been vilified many times for his behaviour, you know, in the way that he has been. In fact, my, the, one of the, the reason my husband is not a fan is because he went to a Take That concert years ago and uh, Robbie was really sweary and quite rude and he said it put him off him. And I said, he's not like that now. It just shows like, how you evolve, right? How you how you were when you were in your 20s, 30s, to like where you are now. You're a completely different person. I know I am. But he was saying about, he was talking about he's got four children and he's married and he was talking about his life and what that is now and what is important to him. And he sang his song, I Love My Life. And I just thought it was really poignant because he, as somebody who's watched him from a distance for so long, he suddenly come out and gone, yeah, do you know what? I'm at the happy place in my life. I'm happy. I'm settled. I feel content. I've got all the things that I... I don't know, maybe he was looking for, but he's got all the kind of aspects of his life sorted. And he seemed really happy, really happy. And I don't know, I just, it really just, it 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 touched something in me. I just thought I'm, he doesn't know me, I don't know him, but I'm pleased for him. I, you know, I want people to succeed. I want people to be happy. And I think there are some parallels, listen, I've not been at Glastonbury with Oasis. I've never taken drugs in my life and I'm not, uh, I've not certainly not lived to the excess that Robbie's lived by. But in my life, I have been searching for something for a long time. There were elements of my life that were amazing. Um, my children are amazing and are my reason for being, but there were other elements of my life that I just couldn't reconcile. I used to drink quite heavily and I was dramatic. I'm still pretty dramatic now, but I was even more dramatic. I was always searching for something. I don't know what I was searching for, but I didn't know what it was. I couldn't find it because I didn't know what I was looking for. What's that song? Um, the U2 song. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Just couldn't work out what I what would make me happy? And I think I've lived a lot of my life looking forward to things like wishing stuff away. So maybe that's why I don't get so excited about stuff now, because actually I just kind of more live in the moment. So I've been guilty of always wishing things away and wishing that I was like to next weekend or next month or next year or next payday or next Christmas or when I'm thin and, you know, when I feel better in myself and when I've grown my hair or 
when I've got better clothes or I'm just always wishing time away and not really enjoying the moment that I had. And I guess maybe when my kids were small, wishing they'd grow up because they're such hard work. Um, actually, a friend messaged me yesterday and said to me that she didn't know how I'd manage with three kids on my own. I said, well, I drank a lot of wine and cried quite a lot. Um, but I think I was always quite unsettled and not happy in my current situation. And that's not about anybody else. It was about me. It was about me not feeling that I was maybe seen, recognised, I wasn't happy. I thought something else would save me, maybe a situation or a person. I don't know. I just thought something else was going to make me feel better about me. And the reality is that the only person that makes you feel better about you is you, is yourself. And I know I said about Robbie that he's, you know, got the family and the wife and the settled life that I think he wanted. Actually, it's about him in the sense that he's more content in himself. Perhaps some of those demons that he had before have gone away or quietened down. I don't know. I don't know. Just, you know, speculating. But for me, I, because I guess I've grown up with Robbie and he's probably around the same age as me. I thought there's, I am so happy. I could have sung the song, I Love My Life. You wouldn't have wanted me to because I'm a terrible singer, but I could sing that because I actually do love my life. I'm at the place where I don't think I could have even imagined that I could be. I'm in a spot in my life where I am just so happy, happy. And in the work I'm doing at the moment in my Dream Life Academy, I did a session last night and I was talking about when you're really happy, when you experience the magic and you, you know, life's really good. Well, like, what do you get out of that? What's the magic for you? But the other thing to consider is that when you're really happy, when you are feeling really content and fulfilled and settled and calm, because I've not been calm for most of my life. When you feel like that, it isn't just you that's impacted Everybody around you is impacted. So my husband's told me that he definitely prefers me now that I work for myself. I think my kids would say I'm calmer. I'm definitely less shouty than I used to be. In fact, I very rarely shout and I used to be very shouty. So because as I've got more content in myself and, and happier and calmer and settled and I actually can enjoy the moments rather than wishing them away and wishing I had something different because I don't wish for anything more than what I've got now. I am married to an absolutely amazing man. My husband is just a gift and uh, I live with my children. I've got wonderful stepdaughters. I live in a beautiful home. I do all the things that I do for work and I absolutely love it. The work that I do, whether it's my um, podcast I'm recording now, whether it's my, uh, academy, whether it's, um, my networking group, the book that I'm writing, the one-to-one -one work I do with my clients, the bits of corporate work I do here and there. I love it all. I love it all. And my life is varied and fulfilled and happy and settled. And I'm not striving for anything more than success in my business. So I don't strive for more with my, um, home life because it's wonderful what I, what I strive for is my ability to impact more women to believe that they could have the life that they want to. 
So if you're listening to this and thinking, oh, Laura, it sounds really easy for you. I'll tell you, it's not been easy. I had to leave a marriage, be a single mum and struggle, have a nervous breakdown and struggle to realise what the things were that would make me happy. And I don't say that lightly about a breakdown. That is what happened to me. I don't think there's a, I don't even think that's an actual term anymore. I don't think, I don't know what they call it, but um, I had to go through a lot to get to where I am now. And I wouldn't want anybody to go through that. I wouldn't wish that on anybody and I'm not advocating getting divorced. What I'm saying is for me, I had to go through a process of changing my life, of leaving one part of my life and progressing into a different one. And I couldn't have even imagined that when I left the life that I had and left a beautiful home and, and my marriage and I, well, chose to, chose to become a single mother, right? To my kids. I couldn't have imagined that the life that I was going to would be what it is now. Cause I just couldn't see that because I was unhappy and I just needed to do something different. And actually the life that I have moved into is bigger and better and happier and more settled and more content and more loving and more fun and more fulfilling and more enriching and just so much more me, so much more me. So I started this episode talking about Robbie Williams because I love him. I love him. So keep watching the videos from what that I took. And, uh, oh, and I've got to say hats off to, we went to this, um, world resorts arena in Birmingham and, uh, yeah, I booked the ticket and then booked the parking before I broke my toe. So I said to uh, said to the parking guy, "Oh, how fast the car park?" He said, "Oh, it's about it's quite a big it's quite a good walk, like fifteen minute walk." But there's a shuttle bus, and I said, "Can't walk very far because I've I've broken my toe." And he said, "Oh, just go in the go in the disabled car parking here. That's fine." Then when we got in, we said, "Oh, is there anywhere we could sit where I'm not going to get trampled on?" I thought, if anybody stands on my toe, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, and they were so great; they moved our seats. And we got better seats and sat together because we bought tickets at different times. And um, yeah, it was just, they were so great, the uh, the arena. And do you know what I did? When I got home, I sent them an email and told them how great I thought they all were. Every single person I spoke to at the arena was amazing, friendly, warm, helpful. And uh, they came back and said it was, they were really grateful that I'd taken the time to write to them. So... This episode is about Robbie Williams and about how I perceive that Robbie is pretty happy in his life now. He was very happy when he said he was going for a Lambalti after the show um, and a Peshwari Naan. He's my kind of boy, Peshwari all the way. But I guess what I wanted to draw were the parallels with me and, and my life and where I am right now and uh, and my contentment and the four Fs that I've got in my life, right? Freedom, flow, fulfillment and fun. That's what I want for my clients. That's what I want for the women that I support. That's what I want for you. If you're listening to this and thinking, I don't have those things, my life doesn't feel like that. Why can't you make it? Why can't you change it? You can make your life anything you want to make it. You've got to allow yourself to believe you can have these things. And you might be like me where at the beginning, when I first was on my own and wondering what was going to happen, I um, I could not foresee I just couldn't foresee. I knew there was something out there, but I didn't know what it was. I knew that there was, well, I had to believe that, didn't I? Because I was leaving a marriage with my three children. I had to leave that. I had to believe there was a better life. 
but I didn't know what that looked like, but I, I found it. I did find it. And uh, who knew that I'd find my husband in my local pub, but there you go. Um, so you can make a change in your life. You can have the life that you really want. You but sometimes you have to break free of where you are to see that there's something different. We get so trapped in the here and now and the everything that we're doing right at the moment, you can't see anything different, but there's something different out there. There's something happier for you. There's a life where you get to truly be the authentic you and the one that's the you that's really happy. The you that makes you feel really good about yourself. It's out there. You can find it and it might not be a different life. Perhaps it's about tweaking, changing what you're doing in your current life. You don't have to make a massive change like me. You could be focusing on the bits that you want to improve of, what you want to do more of, what take away bits you want to do less of. Get really intentional about what you want to do. Get really intentional about what you want to feel, where that magic is. That's what I'm working through in the Dream Life Academy. And if you're listening to this and thinking, oh God, I wish I'd signed up to the Academy. It's not too late. You can sign up now. I'll send you the recordings of the sessions we've already done, but you can join in for the live ones. But actually you can join the Academy at any time because you get the recordings of the sessions and you get to be in the group. You get to join the group coaching calls. It's a great space to be in. It's brilliant. So I'll pop the link into the show notes. Come and join the Academy. Or if you're listening to this and you want to bag one of my 90 minutes, uh, how to find your glow confidence coaching sessions, then, uh, I'll pop the link for that as well. I'm finishing them off today, but I'll, uh, I'll extend that for the weekend. So be a bit more Robbie. Think about what you want from your life. Think about the elements that would make you happy and then actively try to find them. Then maybe you can start to sing that song that you wrote. I love my life. Have a great week, my fellow dreamer. You have been listening to the Your Dream or Mind podcast with Laura Cruz. If you enjoyed it, could you do me a favour? Please leave a review and subscribe. This helps other listeners to find the podcast much more easily. If you're ready to create the confident mindset you'll need to start your transition into your own dream life, then come on over to the Dream Life Academy, a mindset coaching program and community all in one. It's absolutely the best place to be amongst other brilliant women who are creating and living their own dream lives and businesses. See you next time, my fellow dreamer.